Deng stepping up. It's been a pep talk for him from the coaching staff at halftime. Lovely pass allowing D'Agostino to face forward and wriggle his way through. Nick D'Agostino with a massive goal for Australia. Australia are through. The 12-year wait is over. The Oli Roos return to the Olympic stage at Tokyo 2020. Hello and welcome to the Oli Roos podcast, where we take football fans inside camp in Japan to help you get to know our Olympic squad that little bit better. My name is Chris Carulli, and during this series, I'll be catching up with members of the squad as they prepare to take on the world in the Tokyo 2020 men's football tournament. We'll ask them all exactly what it means to pull on the green and gold. And what better way to start than with Caleb Watts, who plies his trade at Premier League club Southampton. The 19-year-old midfielder talks us through a whirlwind few months, which was headlined by a league debut against his boyhood club Arsenal in January. He also casts his mind back to representing the Joeys at the 2019 FIFA Under-17 World Cup and how that all came about in the first place. We discuss the behind the scenes of rising through the ranks at Southampton from day-to-day life to the teammate that he looks up to most. A place in the under 23 select in Spain last month was followed by a call-up to Tokyo, capping off a monumental six months for the youngster who speaks as powerfully as anyone about what it means to represent Australia. So without any further delay, check out our chat with Caleb now. Caleb Watts, thanks for joining us. Congratulations on a hugely successful few months from making your Premier League debut to the call-up in Marbella and now, of course, becoming an Olympian. How do you begin to sum all of that up? Uh... I don't really know. It was a bit of a whirlwind, really. The um, debut kind of came out of the blue a bit. I kind of built on that a bit. But yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a good year. Yeah, a really good year. Before we dig into it a little bit more, I do want to take you back. We know you've been coming through the ranks at, at Southampton and years before that at QPR. But how did you reach that point? I guess where did your connection with football kick off in the in the first place? Uh, so I always used to play with my older brother. He's um, four years older than me. And I always used to like go and watch his training and then get involved when I could. And then eventually they brought in like a younger age group for me. And then I had that prior experience and then played for that team and not getting picked up by QPR. And then kind of went from there. Watching the Premier League as a youngster, as I'm, I'm sure you did, you'd go on to become the 52nd Aussie to play in, in the competition. But are there any of those other Australians that played throughout the, the Prem that stood out as a fan? I think probably the main one would be Tim Cahill. I just remember his celebrations, boxing against the corner flag and all. Yeah, that's probably the one memory that sticks in my mind. I think the rest of them probably a bit before my time, so it would stick in the memory as, as much. Yeah, fair enough. Can't can't beat Timmy. And then, yeah, I mean, we'll fast forward from there to, to January of this year, which I'm sure is a month. You won't be forgetting anytime soon. Being a sub against Leicester on your birthday and then playing... Yeah and no, it kind of was. I remember I rang my brother after the Arsenal game. I was saying like, it just felt like surreal, almost like going out and playing against Arsenal. It it kind of just feels like you haven't done it almost, like it like it didn't happen. Um, when you have time to really process it, it's just yeah, it was a, a proud moment for sure. When you look at the photos back, and obviously I wish I did more when I was on the pitch, but. Just a, a moment to, to be proud of, I think, one I won't forget. You think it helped at all happening quite quickly, you know, within a couple of weeks, just getting yourself out there and being in the squad? I 
think so. I think um, I didn't really have time to, to overthink or react to anything. So it was just kind of, it came at me quite thick and fast. Um, and obviously there was like an injury crisis at the club. So I was, yeah, you kind of hope that you get an opportunity, but then you never really know what can happen in football. So I didn't, I wasn't expecting anything, but to be given the shot by the manager was, um, was yeah, really exciting. Yeah, fair enough. And you were used in a, you know, a few different positions, right, out, out wide in, in those games. Um, is that kind of where you prefer playing or you were more of a central player or, you know, at that point, you're just happy to play wherever? Yeah, that point, to be fair, I was just happy to be on the pitch. I think um, I'm, I'm, I'm better used centrally, like as an attacking midfielder, I think. But You could just, yeah, give us a bit of an insight into, you know, the day-to-day life at the training ground. Uh, to be fair, yeah, it's pretty like you're going for breakfast, um, do a sort of pre-action, then go and train, usually have gym in the afternoon. But I think it's, um, part of the reason they've produced so many players is just the, um, like you just, they give opportunities. And I think that as a young player, that's what you need. Um, obviously the coaching's great and the facilities are really good, but it's, uh, um, does a lot of work off the pitch to stay fit, play as many minutes as you can. And I think for all the academy players, it's, um, to see that as an example is is important to know that like that's what you need to do regardless of how talented you are to be able to get the shot and and be able to stay around the first team you have to be able to do all the extra work and that's what he does yeah loves the free kick as well doesn't he um, in terms of the international stage um you know it came calling when trevor morgan i believe paid you a visit ahead of the 2019 under 17 world cup um you know being eligible for your birthplace england and australia due to having that australian father and grandparents as you mentioned um i saw you spoke previously about that connection you feel with the country through through them is that something that helped you make your decision yeah um yeah, as you said, I said it before, I, the, um, my grandparents are, are from here and uh, my dad was born in Australia. It's, uh, it gives me, a, like, a, I feel I'm very connected to the country. Obviously, I've got an English accent and all, but it's, um, yeah, I, I do feel more Australian than English, if anything, especially when I stick the show. Yeah, and um, we'll definitely get to that. And I'm playing against Shrewsbury in the FA Cup and then that Premier League debut, placing Danny Ings against Arsenal, which I believe is the team you grew up supporting. Yeah. Um, there's milestones everywhere, but I'm everywhere. But I mean, did you have time to, to process that as it went down? I know that if you work hard enough and you're getting opportunity is a is a really big incentive to to go out and train hard every day because you never know when it could come. Mm-hmm. Any players there at the club at the moment or that you've had as teammates that have been through that and are kind of helping you out in a, in a mentor capacity? Yeah, so the, well, obviously the main one's Prousey. He's, um, he's the, the model Southampton Academy player. Um, came up through the academy, played really young and um, has been in and out of the team before, but has really like cemented this spot in the last couple of years. And it's... Um, definitely our most consistent performer um yeah he's like what i think is the model bro i'm sure as you've seen there's plenty of accents throughout the Socceroos squad as well um that world cup in brazil you know going toe-to-toe with some of the world's best young talent you you got the goal against hungary in that comeback draw um i mean talk us through that experience and, and what you took out of it um yeah it's it just um the world cup was was great really um 
you get to see what else there is around the world, the standard players that you need to be able to be better than really to, to make a decent career in the game. Um, and obviously, okay, we got knocked out in a way that none of us liked. Um, but looking back, it was a great experience. And I've no doubt a lot of those French players were going to make big names themselves. So, um, yeah, we had some really good players. And I think how we, if we got another crack at it, we'd probably do a bit better. You know, the World Cup was a great experience and um, added a lot to my footballing experience and how I play now. And I guess, in a way, you are having a, another crack at a tournament like that with the Olympics and being in, you know, the group of dreams as it's been labelled um, with Argentina, Spain and Egypt. Is that something you feel as though you can parallel to that last World Cup experience and use that to your advantage in Tokyo? Yeah, I mean, I think the group, when I seen, saw the group, I was really excited. I mean, no one wants to, obviously there's no slouches in this tournament, but we are all be against some of the best play, teams here, best players here. And um, I don't think you can not get excited about something like that. I mean, to be able to test yourself against the best young players in the world is it's a dream come true, really. Mm. And the moment that you found out that that dream was coming true and you were going to be a part of the squad, do you recall that? Where were you at the time? Uh, I think I was just in my bed um, and I got a call from Arnie saying, you're in the squad, etc. And I am. Um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I kind of did like a double take to to really register what he said. Um, yeah, yeah, it was surprise, excitement. I think my mum was, my mum's a massive Black Olympics fan, so she did quite a lot of screaming. But yeah, no, it was a, it was a, it was a nice surprise, especially to wake up to. I'm sure that means you probably lost, watched a lot of Olympics growing up. Are there any moments just as a fan and watching the Olympics that stand out? I guess you're in London 2012, right? Yeah, I think um, so in London 2012 and Mo Farah won the, um, I think it was the 5,000. Just like seeing how that whole, like brought everyone together, the excitement around the country. It's one of the reasons I love sport, like what it can do to people and bring people together. So I think that would probably be the moment that sticks most in my head. And coming into camp now, the, the last couple of days, you're a few days into it, working with Arnie and, and the coaching staff. Um, and I'm sure the squad, right, that you're around, some of the boys you're playing with, you're probably meeting for the first time. And there's a few others you might be a, a little more familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I think I didn't really know many people coming in here, but everyone's really friendly. Um, we're all here for the same reason. So I think after a couple of days, everyone's kind of comfortable around everyone. Um, the standard training's been good so yeah I'm really enjoying myself that's awesome to hear and yeah we're, we're looking forward to you getting out there on the pitch um, one last question that we'd like to ask heading into the Olympics and having this you know dream call up and it's it's a simple one in that what does pulling on the green and gold mean to you we only play up to a midfield at Southampton so you can like for a player attacking player like me you end up on the on the left coming or on the right coming in and I think I, I can do a decent job there so yeah I'll, I'll do it as long as I'm on the pitch I'm happy. Yeah fair enough and you know hearing from back home in Australia it obviously did make great headlines when you um, appeared in the Premier League especially Is it Aussie love every Aussie loves that um, competition did you hear a bit of a reaction to that did you have some maybe your family members from back home touch base? 
yeah, so um, my grandma who's in Perth was, uh, well, when she woke up and saw it, she was sending texts in the, um, like sending me texts over and my parents over and my cousins as well. And obviously I saw some of the um, like social media posts and all. So yeah, you could like, to be fair, I feel like that was part of the reason I kind of realized what happened almost. Like after the game, it kind of felt surreal. And when I seen all the posts and stuff, it was like, oh yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah, it takes a while to sink in, I'm, I'm sure. Um, and, you know, just a couple of years ago, I saw you had a few injury troubles and you had to work your way to get back in and around the first team. And now you're finding your feet in this Premier League environment. It's something I know fans would certainly be keen to, you know, find out a bit more about what actually happens, you know, at a club like Southampton. It means everything. Um, I think that's what people... That's why you play sport to be able to represent your country. I think, especially watching the Euros this year, it's um, it's what fans love. Everyone comes together, and I think just the idea of being able to bring a country together to all want the team to win, watch sport is um, yeah, it's everything. It's what sports about. Awesome, Caleb. Thank you very much for the chat. We look forward to seeing what you get up to in Tokyo and with Southampton and beyond. That's right. Thank you. That's all we have time for in this episode. Thank you for listening, and if you enjoyed this one, make sure to check out all of our exclusive Olympic-themed content. From podcasts to in-depth reads and everything in between, we've got you covered ahead of Tokyo 2020. So get behind the team, and until next time, go the Ollie Roos.